0: I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong, because y'all are idiots.
1: And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm gonna say... And
0: I'm Handsome Drew.
2: Not me, not Hermione,
0: you. (laughs) Look at that, it's fine. And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve.
1: Welcome to another episode of Not the Podcast You Deserve. I'm your host, Drew Allen, with me as always, Drew Crawford and Kyle Cox, and we are coming to you today because Disney Plus just dropped the first two episodes of its newest miniseries in the Star Wars universe, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Guys, how good was this show?
0: Yeah, I think by the time this episode drops, there'll be at least one, maybe two more that have dropped on Disney Plus, but as of Tuesday, the 31st of May only two mm-hmm. episodes out there and i don't know about you guys the recap that they did uh right before the show started where it yeah, shows yeah. you the relationship between obi-wan and anakin uh yeah. i teared up and i got that real emotional. emotion i was like yeah. are these movies better than i remember them <laughs> being and then i remembered there's no George jar, jar binks in the recap which is why i felt really good about these movies uh, then I pulled up the IMDb page to be like, oh, maybe like maybe they're like not as bad as I remember. And then the first thing uh. you see is like Jar Jar Binks' face, and I was like, no, yeah, yeah, that's they're so uh... bad. So one thing you've heard sure. my Lord of the Rings theory that if after the first movie you cut out every single scene of Frodo Baggins and just removed it all the way, and you let the viewers' imagination like figure out what's going on, yeah. it's yeah. a better trilogy. Uh-huh. Um, if and you took out all Binks. George R. Binks out of Star Wars. That might be one of the best trilogies ever, uh, because I got real emotional watching Qui Gon yeah. die again and yeah. watching Obi Wan fight to to keep Anakin as his Padawan.
2: I actually think the same could apply to Hayden Christensen. If you took him out <laughs> and just just showed the back of his head while everybody else delivered their lines, <laughs> just, you'd probably go like, "Wow." Uh, he probably has a lot of emotional turmoil going on inside of him. Alright. And you wouldn't have to listen to him be like Sand, it's
1: everywhere. I hate it. Counterplot point, instead of just showing the back of heading Christian's head, let's see GIN the cartoon Clone Wars oh, And nice. Skywalker yeah. just on there every scene. I we'll take that. Which yeah.
0: is a good segue because um I really enjoyed these first two episodes. I'm excited to talk about the good and the bad yeah. And the plot holes and the uh story mm-hmm. devices they used. But when I when I first when when the second episode ended, I thought that is the most Star Wars I've felt since mm. Rogue One. And Rogue One was the most Star Wars I've felt since episode so five. five. Yeah. Yeah. And I think going back now, watching episode I actually really like episode three now as an as an adult. And did they... not love it as much um when I first came out. Um but, uh...
1: yeah, no, I was going to say, I, I totally agree with you in that I'm loving this very Star Wars y feel that you get from Obi Wan Kenobi, that you get from Rogue One, that you get from The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't quite get it as much in Solo, but I feel like Star Wars is at its best when it's kind of got these small kind of stories in this huge space universe. Like the Rebels in the original trilogy are outnumbered. Ten to one, you know they're taking on a giant space moon ship, um, but they are a ragtag bunch. They don't have a bunch of options, and so this Obi wan Kenobi storyline is him on the run in the middle of Order sixty six, where they're being hunted down. Yeah, and that's just infinitely that more exciting. That was cool
0: of Deborah Chow and uh, the the creative crew behind Obi wan opening up with Order sixty six. But I was like, let's freaking go. Like, strapped (laughs) in, I'm in.
2: And I love that you see it from a different perspective Mm -hmm. of characters you don't know Mm -hmm. or care about. You're just seeing the carnage happen. And that was really cool. It makes you feel the impact of the chaos of the moment without having an anchor of like, oh, yeah, but I know, like, I'm watching Obi-Wan right right now. And obviously he survives, you know, that kind of
1: thing. Mm -hmm. We've all heard... Hayden Christensen Christensen break down crying about having killed younglings. But to see Order 66 from the younglings perspective is way more visceral. Yeah. Like having to watch them be protected by one Jedi who, spoiler alert, doesn't end up making it. And then I was waiting for one of them. Like I didn't know if the Jedi on the planet um, that Obi-Wan runs into was one of those younglings. Like I was waiting for them to show up because I'm sure that we're going to get some show about the seven younglings who made it off the temple. I think
0: they've already tipped their hand to it. Uh, is the sister... the What are the bad people called? The sister three? Or... Third, sister? The third yeah, sister? Third sister. Yeah, third sister. The
1: Inquisitors.
0: Of the Third Reich, yeah. Um, she... Pretty sure she was one of those younglings that uh-huh. was in the opening shot. Because uh, that's okay. the only reason I could think of why she's got beef with Obi-Wan. Because um, like, unless... And
2: why... And why they hate on where she came from.
0: Yeah, why they hate on where she came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, she's an outcast for a reason, and she hates Obi-Wan for a reason. I feel like it wasn't just shock value opening up with Order 66. I feel like that had to have some sort of meaning to it. Or it was just a good way of hooking you. Either way, I'm not mad at it. Yeah, Um, no, for sure. Yeah, so I think that they dropped a couple little hints here and there about where that's going, which I'm pretty psyched for. Um, But the thing that bothered me the most, and we have to get off our chests now, Is Ewan McGregor definitely had his forehead mole removed between episode three (laughs) and the show? Right? Am I the only one who, like, I was very concerned?
1: As someone who can watch Rachel McAdams and not be affected once, and live in the family that I have like right here
0: married into,
1: (laughs) I think you take way too much umbrage. I'm just. It bothered me.
0: I don't know how the dermatology is a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away.
1: So a lightsaber slice away. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't easy. know
2: because like, apparently you can just die because you lose the will to live even though you've got all this <laughs> yeah. technology around you. So who knows? Maybe the mole just lost the will to cause cancer. And they were like, <laughs> oh ah, gosh. it's just gone now.
0: Um, from the stuff that you really liked about this, I think, I think, first off, it seems like we all enjoyed the show. I think there was good stuff to it. I, I think there's definitely yes. some bad stuff to it too. Yeah, that we should hold it accountable because our 12 listeners deserve that. Yes, as, as we all
1: know, Kyle, you are the least Star Wars fan of us all, um, and you notoriously have not watched many of the cartoons. What's your What's your knowledge coming into this about the Inquisitors and um, kind of their role?
0: I don't think I made it that far into uh, the Clone Wars TV show.
1: No, rebels. Yeah, they showed up in the Rebels. And, I and didn't know a those couple of video games things. after. I did like, not
0: play a video game.
1: So. They're they're like Darth Vader's generals he sends out and they are hunting down Jedi's across the galaxy and they are like some big bads. And I think they do a really good job in this show of like introducing you and letting you know we're not gonna be messing with the Inquisitors if we don't have to. Like yeah, That's last case scenario.
0: There's there's been so much written about star wars since the original trilogy and it's cool to see it now how they've tied a lot of that in and connected bridges
2: yeah so there's a lot that george lucas signed off on early on that was just like hey you guys write some books you guys like write some stuff and like just go nuts and like it'll probably be canon like (laughs) just so just like just do it and then it's really cool to see them 30, 40 years later. And be like, hey, uh, actually, we're gonna solidify it as canon because mm. here comes the like visual special effects. Yeah, and once it's on screen, you can't take it back, yeah. right? <laughs> you can always write off somebody's book, like yeah. in this day and age, as being like, oh, that was fan fiction. That was like a alternate timeline. That was whatever. But once it's on screen and has the, at this point, Disney stamp of approval, it's canon forever and it's in. So, like, it is really cool to see them bringing in some of those uh, extraneous, almost, pieces and, and tie them into the universe. One of
0: those things I think is really cool that they pulled off um, was the first time you see Leia interact with Obi-Wan in the original trilogy. She's saying, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You don't really know why she's reaching out to Obi-Wan. I don't think they ever explained why she no. reaches out to Obi-Wan. I think she said he fought with my father back you in the You helped my father day. back
2: in the war. Yeah. The yeah.
0: But that's kind of the only reason. Um, and then also, like, you know, wouldn't she remember him, um, you know, 20, 30 years later? I think the kid is 10, uh, young Leia is like 10 um, in these first couple episodes. Um, so I thought they did really well by showing that her parents reached out to him. Via R two D two style, um, and then he introduced himself as Ben, um, which is you know kind of the same but kind of different. And it's yeah. like those kind of small like yeah. tweaks to storytelling, which yeah. I think you're like, all right, that's some gray area you're operating in, but I like I like it, and I'll allow it for now at least. Um, but Star,
1: Star Wars in the past ten years have done a really good job of plugging up plot holes in their original trilogy mm-hmm. and and the connective tissue throughout their universes. It's like George Lucas does his best when he sends his army of nerds to write in <laughs> right away all of the plot holes that he didn't account for. Yeah. Uh, like I I love that the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi story and it may be the whole season, but he is focused in focused on saving Leia. Like yeah. he's always been on Tatooine, protecting uh, mm-hmm. uh Luke. But uh this is a, a story we've never seen or heard before. And it's from a, a scenario that we never even knew happened, which is him yeah. going and yeah. saving Leia, which is
0: cool. While we're talking about Tatooine, um, they got Joel Edgerton back. Guys, yes. do you remember how yes. Joel Edgerton got one scene in, in, <laughs> the, so in the trilogy, sequel trilogy? <laughs> I was so and,
1: sad that he got a throwaway part.
0: Yeah, well, it, but at the time, he was not big. You'd never heard the name Joel Edgerton before, I don't think. When he when he was in the second trilogy, he did a couple things, but it was like Warrior hadn't come out yet, right? I think it had.
2: had No way. When Episode Two came out, or three?
1: No uh, way. Can't confirm. Maybe. Well,
0: no, no. Keep this going. This is good. I'm going to look it up. Warrior
1: came out like when we were in. Suffice it to say, Joel Edgerton's career. What a incredible moment to like hop on to the Star Wars franchise for one scene. And then get to come in on a really great Disney Plus show and absolutely crush his little six-minute scene. Like, he added so much to that part that I feel like everybody was not a big fan of Uncle Owen.
0: Yeah, he's always just a big old D to Luke. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of see why now. I like it. Yeah, the whole, like,
2: no, you can't leave the farm. You can't go out and see the world. And it's like, oh, well, it's because he kind of knows a lot. And also, you're seeing his stubbornness on display Mm -hmm. when he gets confronted by the Inquisitors. And they're like, you know something about Jedi. Like, tell me where... Also, why can she not read his mind, but she can read... Okay, anyway. But, like, you see his stubbornness on full display of, like, I will like put my foot in the ground and be stubborn as an, a mule mm-hmm. for what i believe is right whether or not i like it or i like the person or i think it's be- like whatever i'll right. i'll just do it because i think it's right when and, he does that with luke when when luke is older and luke's like why are you being like this oppressive father figure to he me?
1: just wants to go to toshi station to uh oh grad. no
2: you're doing really well um, Bullseye Womp Rats with his friends back home Yes, was <laughs> T-86
0: uh, yeah the, uh, that line that he when uh, Obi-Wan's like I've got to train him when the time is right he was oh like you trained his father and I was mm-hmm. like oh burn um, yeah he definitely won the rap battle right there that was it <laughs> um, mic drop yeah and then uh, the, another bright spot for me for those first two episodes was young Leia I don't know who that actress is but she killed it and I will watch everything she ever makes from now on. <laughs> she was so funny. Her comedic timing was great. The bad part, and there is a bad part here. Yeah. yeah. The scenes in the first episode she goes to the force and she's running away from the, yeah. the lizard people. And like very clearly. And flee. They <laughs> Yes. Very clearly they could have grabbed her at any point in time. Yes. And yes. like that was a really poorly done scene. And then on the rooftop scene in episode two, <sighs> yeah. when she's running through the alley that's also a really poorly done scene, which I think that's okay because yeah. Star Wars has always been a, a story told for kids and two kids about hope and stuff. Yeah. So this They're, isn't wow. John Wick or, or uh wow. what's the Jason Bourne where we're, yeah. where we're trying to get the best action scene? But like, they could like she's ten. There's no they, way she's outrunning a thirty-five-year-old, yeah, no, forty-year-old man. That's not
2: happening. My takeaway from both those scenes is she's the fastest kid alive. Yeah. Yeah. she's a freak <laughs>
0: uh,
2: yeah i just it, it, it completely took me out of the story because i was like these three grown adults are like oh oh we're gonna oh there's, it's like they're playing chase obi-wan with, is like touching her and he's just yeah, like no, yeah, moving yeah. it's like oh. it's like they're playing yeah. chase with like a four-year-old and they're like oh i'm gonna get you oh i'm gonna get you <laughs> to
1: the show's credit like at least in the woods scene specifically, they put in enough obstacles to be like, oh, because she's a tiny ten year old, she can climb. This when that tree dude really runs into the tree branch slides. and it falls yeah. down
0: like he get hit by a grenade, I was like, all right.
1: It's not great, but they they do enough there to like like you said for a kid to give him hope. The the rooftop scene is a lot less forgivable. even yeah. though there's a bunch of clothesline that's up there. Like, <laughs> how in the world is a Jedi supposed to run through that? He's got so many cloaks already.
0: <laughs> uh, but that was that's that was. Crawford, you made it look like I was way off base here. Did you not like her? <sighs> I, okay,
2: so like in general, I don't think most children do a phen- like a great job. Okay, when it comes to acting, True. my one exception to that is the kid from the Adam Project because he just yeah, freaking gonna... <laughs> nailed it. Did you see Haley Steinfeld <laughs> in True Grit? Uh, so, so I feel it's like
1: so he really good point.
2: Yeah, and so there's a couple that are yeah, that are standouts, and. Uh, it also just holds up a light to the ones that are like you're ten years old. So like I don't begrudge <laughs> you for being ten years old. You're doing a great job.
0: But when, like also it's like nah, you're doing like when he like, says when he's like okay pretend you're my daughter and we're doing and she goes grandfather maybe and I was yeah. like yes you win that was, that was I loved lie. her I thought was, she was great I don't know who they cast as young Luke or if we'll see young Luke really this right. might be a story all about him and Leia I don't I have no idea for um, it. But I, she has been awesome. I thought she was great.
2: I will say the one other character I was really happy they reprised uh, is Jimmy Smith. Uh,
1: he is the best. Uh, Jimmy uh, Leia's Smith. dad. Yeah, Leia's Blair. dad. Oh, yep. Place Blair. Uh, Senator Blair, something like that. Senator, Senator Organa. 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 I feel like the subtitles say the word Blair a lot, but I'll take your word for it. Go with it.
2: Yeah, so
0: he's a awesome. warrior was 2011.
1: All right, all
2: right. And episode three was
0: 2005.
2: Yeah, I'll see you at school, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't wait for that to be in the intro. <laughs> uh,
2: but Jimmy Smith should be in more stuff. I think he is consistently one of those people that is, uh, you know, as a, a podcast topic we've done before. Oh, one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's that guy. And every time you see him, you're like, oh, he does great stuff. And I wish he was in more things because I think he is, uh, can be simultaneously a badass, a father figure, uh, you know, a quiet kind of reserved, I'm going to whisper this scene and like steal the attention. And then he can also be like a commanding, forceful presence. And he, I think he does, like, so I think about him in shows like Sons of Anarchy and West. Wing and stuff like that, and he does just a great job. And every time he's on screen, I'm like, ah, Jimmy Smith should be in more stuff.
0: <laughs> was he? Was he also the bad guy in one of the seasons of Dexter? Season two. Yeah, that is him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, that's the worst season of Dexter. No, it's not. That's, uh,
1: yeah, that's not. True. not, not I didn't watch plus. Dexter,
2: so I can't. I can't comment on you've that. You've never seen uh, Dexter? You've never seen Bad all right, Boys 2 right. Let's
1: get. Let's. Get, we'll come back to this. But speaking of uh, murderous. Uh, characters, The Inquisitors, the bad guys of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I felt like they have been a menacing presence in both episodes and have been a huge plus for the series. I, I've enjoyed the Inquisitors and in everything. They've been in the cartoons, the video games. They feel scary, and I feel like they're scarier than, like, they're not quite a General Grievous type of character, but you know General Grievous's bodyguards... With the double purple lightning staffs? Yeah. Okay. They're way cooler than any droid bad guy. Like, what's the scariest droid that they've come across? I
0: don't like, know, Mr. man, but, like, here's my thing. If Obi-Wan <laughs> would just pull out his goddamn lightsaber, I think he makes minced meat it's, out of those people, right? It's
1: been ten years, Kyle. I don't even know if he knows how to turn it on. Wow. Okay. I will say, before we,
2: like, jump back into whatever... About the bad guys, I want to take this moment to talk about this exact thing about uh, the whole "I'm not that guy anymore" Mm -hmm. storyline. Yeah, yeah, it's a common trope. People do it, especially in sequels or you know elongated series. It it comes up eventually.
0: It's the hero's Uh, journey.
2: Yeah, but usually in that arc, you see the person do like the mundane. Like hey, I'm trying to get that life away from me. Like a lot of times, they become a farmer or something, and they like or keep their gun up on the wall and or like
1: sand know, whale flesh harvester. Yeah. So, but that's the thing. You do see that in
2: this movie or in this show. You see him like become the the meat packing guy day mm. in day out. I do this. I feed my horse. My weird like seal horse uh i check it with the robot i go to sleep i wake up i do the you see the whole monotony again mm-hmm. but then normally the first time they're faced with the like call to action mm-hmm. they can't help themselves and they jump back in it i loved that this show when he was faced with the call to action of twice what but the first one was the uh jedi that came mm-hmm. to him in the night yeah. and it was like Obi Wan, like you got to help me. Like that—that that is like the quintessential call to action. And he looks him square in the eyes. And is like, no, get away from <laughs> me and go bury this in the desert. And yeah. quite possibly may have contributed to that man's death. I, I don't think caused it by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. That guy was gonna do what he was gonna do. He sure didn't uh, it. Yeah, but he didn't help prevent mm-hmm. it for sure. Right. And that, I think, was a really powerful statement on Obi-Wan's true conviction of, like, I truly am not that guy anymore. Yep. Right. I have one thing and one thing only, and it's taking care of this boy.
0: Yeah, Which...
2: And it lent and more weight to the conversation that he and Jimmy Smith had later about, you know, Senator Organa being like, it's not about that boy only. You made a promise to this girl, too. Mm-hmm. Like, don't yeah. forget that.
0: Yeah, and for like him looking out for Luke, which um, Ryan Airy on Screen Crush pointed out that that little toy, the little tiny plane that he brought um, to Luke, that uh, Joel Edgerton returned later, is the same one that Luke is playing with in Episode Four uh, when you first meet him. Which I thought was pretty cool. Awesome! It's a nice little Easter egg. Uh, but also, like he's not touching his lightsaber, he's not using the Force, but he's gonna train Luke when Luke becomes of age. It's like maybe you should practice a little bit. Or yeah. maybe it's like riding a bike. I don't know. He,
1: he's supposed to be trying to connect with Qui Gon Jinn. And he mentions it a couple times, trying to reach out to him. Mm-hmm. But Yoda's yeah. line was like, I've got some things for you to work on. And it seems like that's just all been forgotten. It's just like <laughs> Obi Wan's just been like, I'm going to live in the desert and eventually I'm going to win Uncle Owen There's over. A scene and he's going he, like, to let me trade. He sat up in Luke. his
0: bed and he was like, like he said, Qui-Gon or something like he thought. Qui-Gon yeah, he's was there. Master, master, yeah, yeah, he, he calls to him. Yeah, I, there was. I read an interview with Liam Neeson when they asked him, like, "Would you be ever be like interested in returning to your role in like a Disney Plus show?" And he said, "I think my head is too big for the small screen. I only do movies. So if he does yeah. show up <laughs> in this TV show, which they've kind of written themselves into a hole where like he has to, it'll yeah, be very yeah. interesting to see if he does." And that was just a Paul Bettany level troll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I
2: can't wait for. Uh... Obi-Wan to be like, master, master. And then Yoda shows up and he's like, he's not coming, dude. Just like, yeah. you just take a hint. Like, know when your number's been blocked.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the two cameos in the first two episodes that I want to talk about. Um, first off, Kumail Nanjiani. I'm pretty sure I didn't say that yep. right. Yeah. Uh, that was it. great. That was the perfect role for him being yep. the fake Jedi guy who's, who's yes. scamming people. Um, really like that. <laughs> Also, this guy worked way too hard and got way too ripped for us to keep putting robes and robes on top of him. Like, at some point, you know, he's got to show off those abs. Is that too much? Maybe. Secondly, um, the guy who plays Boba Fett had the cameo of the old... Tamira Morrison. Thank you. Yep, him. He had that cameo of the old clone soldier who's not been taken care of, which I thought was really cool. Um, Kind of Vietnam veteran, like, returning home kind of aspect to it, which you never thought about. Yep. which is the all the Disney Plus shows, the Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and Obi-Wan have done such a really, really good job of fleshing out the universe right. um, on a very small scale. Um, each time they go to a new city, you get to see something new and different that you never thought of when you're thinking about the big right. Death Star that they got to explode. Yeah. Um, right. So I, really, I thought that was a really nice touch, and the fact that they got him back to do that, I thought that was pretty cool.
2: And, and specifically uh, on the Clone Trooper cameo, which I, lo- I, I love the look of Ian e. McGregor's face of, like, w- wait, do I know you? Like, are you one <laughs> yeah. of my guys? Because you look and sound exactly like one of my guys. Um, is that
1: Rex? Is that Five-Five?
2: Yeah, fives? right? Like, yeah, if you, if you watch Clone Wars, you're sitting there going, wait, which guy is this? Like, do I know him? Do I know him? Is <laughs> right. he one of the Bad Batch? Like, what's going on? Yeah. But no, he's just some random Clone Trooper that... Was part of Order sixty six, and then got phased out for a bunch of trigger happy sto- stormtroopers. Yeah, can you and,
0: explain to me and the listener who did not watch those shows? Ob one ends up like having a group of clone soldiers that the, like, follow him and like help him.
1: The Jedi him? are generals in the war, and so they have like squadrons upon squadrons of clone okay. troopers that they go into like a planet and deploy, and the cl- top you know, 10 or so clone commanders. Troopers, they, yeah. They start, the Jedi start giving them names and personalities, which really messes with the clones. And then it becomes a really cool thing in the clone wars where, when order 66 happens, the clones are programmed to kill the Jedi that have given them names and personalities and identities. Oh. And it becomes really like some intense so yeah. great story this, writing. Yes yes, okay. yes. yes. You should. Uh,
2: but I will say one of the things I loved about that scene specifically was he has that interaction with the clone trooper, and then, uh, you know, after the initial shock of, like, oh, man, you're down on your luck? Like, yeah, like, let me help you out. He turns around and gets shoulder bumped by two stormtroopers, mm-hmm. the exact people who replaced the clones, mm-hmm. who were built to be warriors, right? So it, it is very much a social commentary on, like, you you build these people, you train yeah. them to be Fighters, they come home, they do exactly
1: what you asked them to do, and then you throw them out on their ass. So it's like, all right, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, and I want to spend some time here. Just so I know we spent a, a moment on this, like very short scene in the show, but I think it speaks volumes to what you can do in these TV shows where you're at a very zoomed in level of the star Wars universe, like for the tentpole trilogy movies, you have to hit so many beats over so many planets and introduce so many scenes and give them all a different look so that you know where you are, which planet you're on, and what's going on.
2: Yeah, this is the ice planet. This is the desert planet. Correct. This is the forest planet. There Correct.
1: are no other terrains. <laughs> and... <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which is not uh, not too wrong if you look at uh, Uranus and Pluto and uh, all those other planets, Neptune. Anywho, uh, but... The, like, stuff they deal with in TV shows, you have time to sit with. Oh, this is a clone trooper who has clearly lost his way and not dealt with it, and then you get the stormtroopers walking right by. So you get a whole, like, little bitty. Uh, what's a good word for it? Just a whole scene of microcosm. What, feel, microcosm, exactly what I was looking for of what feels really real and true and what would really be taking place and you get to feel that whereas in a trilogy movie you would be rushing through this planet like this is the smuggler's planet we have a smuggler scene where we fight the smugglers and now we've saved leia and we're going back to fight vader or the big bad in like 25 minutes so we have to rush through every single little thing but also, yeah, also I spin. forgot.
2: There's also a water planet. I I left out the other <laughs> terrain.
1: <laughs> the one other one with the clones. Yes. Uh,
2: uh, also on the the additional cameos. Uh, I know we talked about Flea earlier as the uh, cosmic. That really was Flea kidnapper. Yes, that that's that's Flea. I thought you were joking. No, okay. no, that's really him. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, wow. wow. <laughs> How how far the Red Hot Chili Peppers have fallen. Uh, Or maybe have risen. I don't know. Depends how you view gravity. Um, But it is... I didn't think he did a great job. I looked at him like, why are you here? But then, I don't know. I feel like he did okay at being the... I am a kind of off-the-rocker space kidnapper. Like, you have to be kind of slightly insane in order to kidnap a... My date... With the president's daughter, uh, I mean to nice. kidnap a senator's oh, oh, daughter. Oh, oh, oh. wow. um,
1: Definitely like somebody you would hire and then kill off almost immediately. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Like, hey, you're here. You did your job. You can go. And um, I'll pay you a million credits. Psych. Here's a lightsaber. You're dead. Psych.
2: That's the wrong credits. Uh, the other fun fact I had was that uh, I read this. Can't confirm it, but apparently the girl that was selling spice. To Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And it was like... Also, I did like the little thing of like... She le- mentioned all the different types of spice you could get. I was like, alright. yeah, I appreciate that. We've gone to <laughs> Yeah, compounding on the 60s version of weed. Yeah. You're yeah. like, we have weed. And now in like the 2020s, they're like, we have so many strands
1: of weed. <laughs> you would not believe it, old man. Look at all this. And... In- in dune spice is everything it's currency it's fuel it's space it's time but in star wars we really get down to the nitty-gritty of strands yeah. and you don't want stuff.
2: to sell me death sticks all right <laughs> yeah. um but apparently that girl is when she delivers the line uh i was somebody's daughter too or i'm somebody's daughter too i guess mm-hmm. um that's actually E. mcgregor's daughter
1: Oh, Oh, wow, that's cool.
2: Yeah, so that that probably had to be kind of fun and interesting for them as a father-daughter scene together. Hmm. Uh, But yeah, Hmm. I thought that was kind of a fun little cameo.
0: Um, Besides the 10-year-old outrunning all of these super villains and superheroes, uh, was there anything else about the first two episodes that you guys thought was kind of lame? I thought
1: Reva had a lot of parkour in episode two. And I didn't understand why. It seemed like a lot of the flips would have slowed her down quite a bit. Which, okay. this is the fastest ten-year-old in the world, so I'm not sure there's much she could have done. Yeah. To get there time.
0: She just could see the writing on the wall. Might as well make it fun. Yeah, yeah. might as well
1: get a workout out of it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, uh, but, no, I was also going to say, on, on Reva's character, uh, it, it's somewhat interesting to me, but the way she delivers her lines in general feels very monotone in the way, in the fact that it's all angry and yelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but this is also the same critique I had of Anakin in episodes two and three, where it's like, I get that you're mad, but like, (laughs) can you show me anything about why you're mad?
0: Right. But, and that's this, I hope that they flesh her character arc out over the next. And that's the thing. There's there's five more
2: episodes to go. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, I, Give me a little bit more. I'm holding out hope. Uh, But so far, it hasn't been great.
0: Which I think was genius on Disney's part. And John Favreau and Dave Filoni, who are, I think, running this, are all of Star Wars now, I think. Um, Dropping two of those at a time, whereas Disney Plus had normally just dropped an episode at a time. Um, I think doing two at a time was very important for this series. Because the first one really just kind of said, hey, those characters that you love, here's where they're at now. This is a weird yeah. place you've never seen them in before. Mm-hmm. With a call to action at the end, which is refused. And then the second episode is saying, okay, we're going to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit here. But not a whole lot happens, and nothing is very interesting, if you really think about it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, There's not a ton of like super, like really cool fight scenes or anything. Actually, most of the fight scenes are actually pretty lame. The worst part's about the two episodes, I think. Yeah. But then when yeah. you see Obi-Wan pull out his lightsaber at the end of the second episode... And you're like, oh, here we go. And he doesn't even turn it on. I was like, okay, you got me. <laughs> like, I, I could see people bailing after episode one real, real easy if they didn't get that hook at the end of episode two. So I don't know if they're going to keep doing it in twos or if they're yeah. going go to ones. But I think that was really smart because I think the average fan could have seen episode one and been like, nah, I'll, I'll catch them all yeah. when I get to binge watch them later. But I think that yeah. hook at the end of episode two and you're like, okay, he's got his lightsaber, he's accepting the call to action – like, yeah. let's freaking go now. Um, I just hope the action scenes get better. Which is weird, because the action scenes of Mandalorian, I thought, were good. Uh, yeah. were, were really good. And Boba Fett was fine. The action <laughs> scenes of Mandalorian <laughs> and Boba Fett were awesome. Um, yeah. But They're, so, I know they've got the budget for it. They've got the people yeah. to do it. It's just, if you got to have yeah. a 10-year-old in the scene, then like it's going to be different.
2: Yeah. But it's if fun. you remember, there wasn't a whole lot that happened in the first
1: two and a half episodes of the mandalorian either yeah um it did seem like there was a sprint to get to darth vader in this series and like there is oh, so much
0: i disagree i thought that was a great tease at the end I no thought no they they held on to their cards to the very end There, like right
1: right but releasing two episodes at a time if they had just released one i, I don't know I, if i felt like If they had just released one episode, then they would have put a a Darth Vader tease in that episode. But they saved it for the last thing they released, the first round, uh, which is going to hook you no matter what, because that Mm -hmm. relationship is what you're here for. But I'm also kind of here for Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul storyline, because they have a lot over the Clone Wars and um, some Rebels. Darth Maul shows up quite a bit more. So I would love... I'm really holding out for Ray Park. I don't... showing up. That's what, that's, that's my dream. That's what I want. I don't know if we're going to need it. We don't know if Doesn't we're it. Doesn't he get like get cyborg
0: spider legs or something?
1: Yeah. At a certain oh. point, yes.
0: I'm not in for that. <laughs> Count um, me all the way out for
2: that. <laughs> I, I will say, you know, we talked about things we liked, we didn't like. Were there any other, like, little hints or nods to the, the universe or Easter eggs that you guys
1: thought of that you saw? Um, Kumail, Kumail Najiani's character, I feel like there's always a cool side, not Jedi, not Clone Wars, not Senate character. That's always fun, and I thought Kumail was going to be that kind of cool bounty hunter, rogue Han Solo type. I, I don't like think it that...
2: accompanies him along the way
1: and... Correct. You know, Correct. Is the comedic relief, Yeah. And I wanted it so bad. And I I am kind of happy that they didn't do that because where his character was headed I don't think would have been as good outside of kind of the role he had built into that planet. But I'm excited for, you know, who they add on to Obi-Wan's team. Because the the 10-year-old Leia and Obi-Wan are some of the best, um, have some of the best scenes in episode two. But I feel like they're going to need a crew that's always the family in star Wars is always what kind of drives yeah. the show. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting for his family to-, to get built out.
0: I'm really interested to see how they tow the line of not messing with Canon and not creating plot holes with Obi-Wan being a Jedi to baby Leia, but then he's just going to be uncle Ben to Luke. I- I'm interested to see how they're going to tow that line. Um, I'm interested to see why it takes him 20 years to start training luke in the force you know oh yeah. but that scene when uh end of episode one i guess when obi-wan had already told the jedi you know feel my advice take that lightsaber bury it uh, walk yeah, to the middle yeah. of the desert bury it and when you see him walking into the desert and yeah. digging up his lightsaber box thing and he opens it up And it's got his lightsaber and Anakin's lightsaber. I was like, oh no, you're going to make me cry in this series? Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I also, I, I
2: thought it was really cool as well. I also was like, I didn't know innate compass direction was a force power. But apparently it was because he just located that in the middle of the Dune Sea. Uh just and it didn't have to guess. wasn't like it's yeah. in this. It wasn't like a holes episode, right? Yeah. Where like, <laughs> hey, I just got a team of children digging six by ten holes over here, and yeah. uh, it took me twenty years to find it. He's like, nah, I know the exact four by two foot space yeah. that this is in. It's like how? All right. Anyway, the uh, the other the other scene I loved was when uh, in the second episode when. Kenobi gets like jumped by the kidnappers and he throws the spice down and then he puts the mask on mm-hmm. and he fights them real quick. It very much reminded me of episode one, one of those first scenes where he and Qui-Gon are in uh, the mm-hmm. Federation trade ship and yeah. then they gas them and the droids come in and they have to like put the things in real fast and fight them. And that's yeah. how you get introduced to his character. I thought it was really fun that that's also how you get introduced to his character. Like like fighting he
0: punches guy. the guy in the face and like you like, Ringing out his hand because he doesn't punch yeah. people. He that's not really his game. I thought that was yeah. a great touch too. Deborah Chow's it, done a really good job of the first two episodes, minus the ten-year-old uh, running away scenes. So hopefully, yeah, sure. there's less running away from bad guys for the ten-year-old.
1: Did I miss R two D two? I saw C three P o. Was R two D two in episode one or two? Uh, his there's a little
2: like droid scope that mm. comes up, and I'm assuming yeah.
0: that might be him. No. Um, yeah, man, if I was better at this, I would I'd be able to tell you, Ryan Harry told me, and I just forgot. Because so. Cythi
1: ah. Prio is with Bail Organa, mm-hmm. yeah, on the planet. But... Pretty sure 2
0: d 2 is there as well. Okay. I okay. could be wrong. Because that's how Luke ends up getting the message from Leia. Right. Okay, so he has to be. from this time, yeah. Guys, I enjoyed talking about the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi with you. Uh, Hopefully, we've got another episode to talk about next week. Maybe two. I don't know. I'm fired up. I'm fired to see where this show goes. And if you, the listener, enjoyed this episode or Obi-Wan Kenobi as well, feel free to reach out to us at ntpydpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ntpydpodcast. Thanks for listening. This is not a podcast you deserve.